Here to score it for us is the master of disaster public relations specialist, Mike Paul. Mike Paul, known as the reputation doctor. Well, there's a court of law and there's a court of public opinion. Mike Paul is a crisis PR and reputation management expert. He's all about reputation. Got some tips on rebuilding those reputations. You first have to be transparent and then be accountable for your actions. He's got to get on a truth train right now. There's no ifs or buts in a true apology. You must speak directly to the issues that you've been involved with. You're going to have to have an across-the-board solution that is more than words, and you've got to have actions. So let's do this! Today's guest is Dr. Robbie Ludwig, who is a nationally recognized psychotherapist. She is also a journalist, she is also a news commentator for many years, and she also has her own show called Talking Live that is on Facebook. She's also been the author of two books, is that right, Dr. Robbie? Yes, two. And tell me the titles and we'll make sure we put the covers up of the books as well. Oh, okay. Till Death Do Us Part, Love, Marriage, and the Mind of the Killer Spouse. And every time I open up my email, I see like another pregnant woman who's killed off by an intimate partner. Uh, it oh, always God. makes me think of my book. And your best age is now, which dispels a lot of the myths surrounding midlife, which I think is just so important today because we're living so much longer that we really need to restructure our ideas about how we consider aging and growing older. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for that. So, as you know, the name of this program is Reputations in Crisis. It is a crisis news show, all crisis news, all the time. And today's topic is fear dealing with COVID-19 and the Delta variant. Now, we're not medical doctors, so we're not giving medical advice, but we are going to give some advice and some commentary and some tips from the perspective of psychology, which is your thing, and from my world in how to translate some of the messages to so many different messages that are happening for citizens in the court of public opinion. So let's start by diving into some fearful statistics. So Dr. Ravi, just two days ago, 100, over 160,000 Americans were infected with the Delta variant in one day. Another alarming statistic is the Delta variant. We now have studies that are coming back to talk about the difference of last year's COVID-19 and this year's COVID-19. And the Delta variant is 11 times more contagious than last year's COVID-19. So let's pretend I'm your patient and I have questions for myself going back to work, my kids, I have one that's, let's say, over 12, and let's say I have a child that's also under the age of being vaccinated today, and I've got family members that are concerned about the changes. You must have patients who are asking you these types of questions, so pretend that I am a patient who asked this question first, if I'm gonna leave my home where I've been working for the last 16 months and go into the office, and let's say I'm an executive, I do have an office, but outside of my office is 200 cubicles on one floor. 
Am I going to be safe? Should I make that decision today to go back to work? What say you? Well, I think what many people are seeing right now is that we have a hybrid work situation, which is really so convenient for so many people and in, in many ways safer. So the first thing anyone should do if they're frightened about getting COVID is to get vaccinated because you are less likely to get COVID if you're vaccinated. Certainly there are breakthrough cases and we've seen those cases, but the likelihood of you or someone dying from COVID is very small. And really we need to think of it more from a community perspective. I yes. remember when I was getting the flu shot, I, I wouldn't normally get it, but this year I got it because I, I wanted, or last year I got it because I wanted to be able to see an infant. And I was thinking of it more from a community perspective. So what we're seeing is, you know, where people are getting vaccinated, there is less problematic COVID. You said you wanted to see an infant. So explain to someone, let's say approximately a third of our country is still unvaccinated. So explain why that's important. What does it mean? That's an example of what community mindedness is, not just thinking of self or your own family. Let's say your friend has an infant. You wanted to see that friend with that infant. What, what is the thought process of thinking of a community for you to make that decision? Well, it's really following the science, Mike. So what we do know is even if you are vaccinated, you can still be a carrier. You may be asymptomatic, which means you don't have any symptoms at all. You may feel completely healthy, but you can still transmit COVID to somebody who's unvaccinated. And there are still people in our country and children primarily who are getting sick because they can't get vaccinated. You know, if we're talking about people that choose not to get vaccinated, that's a different story. But we still have many people in this country, many infants, kids, we don't know that it's safe for them to get it, the vaccine. And so do we feel comfortable knowing that we can make our kids sick? I don't want to be in that situation. Right. So it's not only thinking about myself, my patients, my family, who can all get vaccinated, but I'm also thinking about the people I interact with who may have kids who can't, and I wouldn't want to get anyone sick. So it's a different way of looking at the why behind getting vaccinated. So another alarming statistic, there are schools that opened before many of us on the East Coast, for example. In the South, a lot of schools opened by the first or second week of August. So we could look at some of their statistics that are now a month old that are frightening. Over a thousand schools from the time of the first week of August through the end of August, the data from that time period of only a few weeks, over a thousand schools in America closed. Now I was explaining to Andrew just a few minutes ago, our producer, one of the things that is so alarming about that is you don't close a school on the first day, right? You gather the information, some students got sick or some teachers got sick, classrooms got quarantined probably within the first week, the second week it got even worse, and then by that time you then start closing schools. And some of the people that made those decisions 
or the same people who do not believe in vaccinations, who do not want some of their schools to have masks, and they closed a thousand schools in those areas. So again, hypothetical, pretend I'm one of those parents or one of the leaders who had to make that decision and I'm your patient. How do you talk me through that fear and that trauma I went through with that experience overall that might have happened from beginning to end in only three weeks? Well, what we do know is, you know, the states that are not vaccinating or saying vaccination doesn't matter as much or are mask resistant, maybe vaccine resistant, that the cases and numbers are higher for those who are getting very sick. And so if I were a parent in that state, I might want to rethink homeschooling because I don't want to put my child, especially if they cannot be vaccinated, in a situation where they're put in harm's way. You know, just looking at the science. We do need to look at the state that we live in. We do need to be involved in the community our children go to school because we want to know what the policies are. We want to know if teachers are required to get vaccinated or not. We want to know what the masking policy is. We want to know what the social distancing policy is. I do think it makes sense to try to go back to school for several reasons, but you want to do it under the right circumstances. So let's talk about New York City where we reside then as an example with some things that quite frankly alarm me as a person who has a background in crisis management. So the mayor of the city of New York said, don't let fear overcome you as there were people that protested just yesterday with the opening of the schools. We have a million children, a million largest school district in the country, went back to school yesterday. We do not have the statistics yet as to what is going to happen. There's a lot of parents that are fearful, but there's two major things that are alarming parents. One is we got money from FEMA to buy filtration, stand-up filtration within each classroom, two devices. None of them have a HIPAA filter which science says is critical for proper filtration. That's number one. And parents are asking why we didn't buy the right ones. And two, we've learned from our doctors, our experts, Dr. Fauci, everyone we're looking for for guidance, for the windows to be open. They were talking about not a crack, but wide open for the filtration within the classroom to have the circulation of the air to take it and bring it out. Some schools have windows that only open that far. Some schools have faulty windows. There are many buildings that are not able to fulfill that. So with the combination of the wrong filters, as well as windows that can't open safely, whether it's their school or something they just read, there are parents teachers, nurses in these schools who are afraid. What do you say to them? Well, I say, again, look at the science. This is not a feeling decision. This is not um, a personal opinion. I think we need to look at the science. What's safe, what isn't? We owe it to our children and to our teachers to make sure they are in the safest environment as possible. And yes, 
opening the windows and having the right filtration system is really important. So if a window doesn't open the way it should, replace it. You know, we wanna make sure that the physical environment offers as much safety as possible. That seems like an easy fix. I'm pretty hard line about, you know, being vaccinated especially if you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if you're in the healthcare system, if you are interacting with people, it's a no brainer to me, unless there's a physical issue that someone is unaware of. There are people who can't get vaccinated and that would require you know, a doctor's form. But I think all teachers should be vaccinated. Why should a teacher be in a classroom if they could get a kid sick? It's their responsibility to add to a child's life, to their intellectual life, and to ensure safety. Yes, and and the answer to that is, and I'll push back a little bit on what you said before, which is, of course, you and I know that we should be leading by science. We, we know and we believe that the right decisions should be based on science. But I'm going to push back on one thing you said earlier, which is, and again, pretending that I'm your patient, um, yeah, but I still have feelings and those feelings should matter. And, I, and I'm asking you as my therapist to hear these feelings, that filtration system I'm fearful of. I've learned that HIPAA filters matter. I know the school that my child is in, some windows open fully, some don't. I've talked to PTA, I've, I've done my homework and there's some things that don't match up. The same uh, situation from the same person might be, and I'm gonna tell you what I'm also afraid of. I'm afraid of work. I know that in my high rise building in Manhattan, let's say, on the 75th floor, the window opens this much. I know that before there was a filtration issue with a pandemic, that we had mold and other issues in the HVAC system in my building. I am responsible for 250 people because I'm a boss, let's say, for a business. I've got kids stuff and my family at home, and at the same time I'm being pulled, am I making the right decisions? I'm not sharing this, Dr. Robbie, with other people. I'm coming to you as my therapist and saying, holy crap, I got a lot in my brain right now. I didn't sleep last night. I'm fearful. So what I would say to, to anyone that's fearful is first to make sure that they are taken care of health-wise, that they are getting vaccinated, and that they look at the policy for the workplace and to use their voice if they are uncomfortable with something that is going on in the workplace that they feel is wrong or not protecting their workers. The best antidote to fear is uh, action. You know, you want, if you're fearful, the best way to reduce it is to take action, the right action, the right next step. We're not powerless here. We can use our research, we can use our voice, we can use our community to try to make a difference. So how can I reduce my own anxiety then with the hypothetical I just gave you as of the concerns of my family and school and me, I'm the boss. The person you're saying to speak up to is, is me. I'm I'm in charge of 250 people on a floor that I just told you three bullet points, which is pre-pandemic, we had mold issues in our HVAC. 
I don't really trust it, but I don't know what they've done since, so maybe I need to research what's been done over the last 15 months. I know that the last time I went in the building, I can only open the window this much, so how do you open a window fully on the 75th floor? Is it the same? Maybe my mind and the science I'm looking at is incomplete. I need to ask more questions, I guess. I think if you have the right air system, and again, this is not my specialty, but if you have the right air filtration system, that's, that's what you would need to rely on for an office building. And I think it is perfectly okay. And a lot of workers say, if you're not vaccinated, you can't have a job here. So that you make sure everybody is vaccinated with proof of vaccination because people can fib. So that is one really big way to ensure the safety within the workplace, right? And there could be a hybrid situation so that there are not too many people in one space at a time. But basically, you know, if you're in an office and everyone's vaccinated and you're looking at the air filtration system and you can manage, you know, who comes when so it's not overcrowded, I think there's a pretty good chance you are providing a safe work environment for your workers. So unfortunately, there's a million outliers to some of the stuff we're talking about. From a crisis perspective, we've got to dive in. So... There are mandates. Uh, so for example, if you're a city, state, or federal employee, you've got to get your shots. Or, the or is the fear still, you have to agree to be tested once a week. So you're unvaccinated, you're coming into the workspace. I, I did my research, I provided action, I looked at the scientific answers. I felt okay, didn't feel great, felt okay about coming into work. Now I realize Tommy, who has been talking about this for 16 months, how crazy we are putting you know, uh, poison in our body, not following the science, reading crazy websites, is walking around saying, I'm back. And just hearing his voice in my office or in my cube is causing fear down my spine, and I'm not focused on work anymore. I'm your patient. What do you What do you tell me? Well, then, yes, regular testing is important. As we know, that's not the only answer because you could be tested and you could be positive and not test positive right away. So that's, that's why right. testing is not so ideal. Uh, and maybe he would need to enforce social distancing, wearing a mask, hand sanitizers, or you decide, you know, the risk is just too high. He can't come into the office as long as he has I a position. Should he have the option to remote work? You know, that depends on how valuable he is. I've known and I've spoken to many bosses who love their employees and they had to let some of them go because they refused to be vaccinated. They loved them. They thought they did a great job. And when it came down to saying we have we require vaccination, the person said, I refuse. And they said, I'm sorry, then you can't work here. You know, people have a choice. That's right. So it's a it's a tough one because you know, vaccines raises a lot of issues for people, a lot of feelings for people, um, you know, and, and I know I have super anxious patients who didn't want to get vaccinated 
and they started being isolated. Nobody wanted to socialize, you know, either because they had small children or it was a judgment, you know, they didn't want to be around someone like that. So there are a lot of different reasons to consider, you know, being vaccinated just opens up your options. Uh, and, and I would say the more fearful one is to really honor their feelings and make requests that they feel is in the best interest of themselves, their health and their family. So let's use a hypothetical without getting into who that particular patient is. There are people that you know who have come to you who were not vaccinated, they got vaccinated. Tell us the after as encouragement to some who might've been feeling similarly, have they changed their mind about how it's given them more freedom in having the vaccinations to allow them to do things they weren't able to do, the judgment as well as the freedom of doing other things in society? What's, what's the end point of getting the vaccine after they were hesitant at first? Yeah, well, there was a lot of feelings about it because there's this feeling of I'm being forced, I'm being pressured to take something I'm not comfortable, putting something in my body I'm not comfortable taking. So for yes. people who are highly obsessional and nervous, you know, it may not be political for them, but it's they don't trust what's in there. They feel it hasn't been studied long enough. So there was a lot of fear afterwards. Um, there was resentment that we're in this place as a country and uh, kind of this feeling of being forced, like if left to her own devices would not have done that. But I'm sure was very happy to be able to attend certain events she would not have been able to go to if she yeah. was not vaccinated. So that's the upside. And sometimes we do things in life thinking of the upside to get through the pain of whatever it might be. Right. I mean, a, a, a child before they start school formally have eight or nine shots they have to take. A parent might be uncomfortable with that. And the child might say, I don't want to go back. I felt a little something. And then my arm was sore for a day or two after. I, I don't want to do it. But you know the positive of the education the child's going to get, the socialization the child's going to get, and the other positives that allow them to open that door. And if we are adults, we went through it too. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I would send my kids away to camp and every year they had to get vaccinated or there's certain shots. It was a requirement. That's right. And they did have one child die of meningitis, I think. And it was just so traumatic for everybody at that camp. Um, wow. And it's unclear why the child got it. Just this week, we learned that we could have those 11 years old and younger getting their first shot, not guaranteed, but an official was asked, uh, when can we potentially see those unvaccinated kids getting their shots? And the answer was, it could be as soon as Halloween. Now, if you're a parent and school started a week ago or this week and you heard that news, you're thinking, I might informally or formally homeschool from now, it's one of the options, 
It's from now until they get both their vaccines and tell the school that this is my plan. I'd like to continue with the work that you're getting in school. They're going to be doing it at home. Um, and that is another option. The mayor of the city of New York was asked that yesterday because there's a growing number of parents who are making that decision. And he said, similar to you, look, let's not let fear lead. Kids are best in school, all the experts. When I hear that answer, so I'm gonna answer that as a parent myself. When I hear that answer, it's insulting to me. And the reason why it's insulting to me is to assume that we want to be overcome in fear and, and assume that we don't know that school is best for children is insulting. That's not the question, Mr. Mayor. The, the question is, is it safe for you who do not have children who are that age now, your ch children are in their 20s, easier for you to make that decision. But if your child was 11 years old or younger, we do not have the data as to what's going to happen in that classroom this week. We do not have the data as to what's going to happen within the next few weeks. I can tell you right now, and I'll break this off into a different question. There will be classes that will be quarantined for at least 10 days of the current rules here in New York, for example, within the next two weeks. That will bring fear to parents. There will be a child somewhere in the million students who are in our school district, sadly, this year, who will die. There will be one at least. When those things happen, you can't just say science. You can't just throw away fears and feelings. Parents are going to be affected by that. So what would your advice be when a classroom is quarantined, which is coming soon, and potentially a child soon in a story in New York City this year who's going to die of the Delta variant, who's 11 years old or younger, and that is a story that's highlighted in the news. What are you going to tell your patient when they come in and want to talk to you about that? Well, I would say they need to follow their comfort zone. And, you know, the asking someone to follow the science or to look at numbers is to help, you know, what you see and what you read impacts your emotions. So it's not that's ignoring right. your emotions. It's just, you know, some people's fears are not in sync with, the realities out there. So I think it is important, you know, you want to understand what realities you're dealing with. As a parent, we're used to not making um, easy decisions, right? It's, it's a parent's job to make those tough decisions. And you also have to incorporate yourself into the mix, because if you can't live with your child being in school, because it's too upsetting to you, then the decision is clear right? Then you homeschool and you make the most of it. Not all parents have that option though. That's so right. I, I say it's a personal decision. Hopefully it's made with, you know, the best information possible and understanding school policies and, and taking things from there and really staying on top of what is going on in your child's school and what is going on in your state. Final question. What are your top three tips for any citizen, young or old in America, regarding their fears currently, regarding the Delta variant specifically? Well, there's still a lot we don't know. 
about the Delta variant. So there is that reality. But what I would say is what we know so far is people who are vaccinated are not dying of the Delta variant, okay? And they're not dying of COVID. There are breakthrough cases. Consider what is in the best interest of you as a parent and your child. So if you like your school community, there's vaccines in place, there's masking in place, there's social distancing in place, and the physicality of the school seems to be uh, in good shape, then it might be a little bit easier to make the decision to have your child be in class, be around other children, where it, it probably is healthier emotionally. And for work, I would say the same thing get vaccinated, find out what the policy is for the workplace. If you are uncomfortable and there's too many unvaccinated people, ask if you can work from home until this issue is settled or make a request to human resources that maybe the unvaccinated should stay home since they can put other people at risk. And just a rule across the board is if you're going to be indoors and working for the safety of the community, get vaccinated. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Thank we'll you for touch, having buddy. me on your show. Um, uh, it was a pleasure to be a part of it and to see you in action and to discuss such important topics. Thank you, Dr. Robbie. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. And today's t-shirt is Columbia University. My alma mater that I went to grad school at the School of International and Public Affairs in Manhattan. Thank you so much for the t-shirt. Thank you so much for your continued wisdom, intelligence, education of so many. You have a new provost. You're back to school. Be safe. You're watching this episode. Don't be doing anything that's gonna get you at risk. Thank you so much for allowing me to highlight the t-shirt and we'll be in touch soon. My rep doc opinion for this episode, dealing with fear and COVID-19 and the Delta variant, highlights the importance of emotional intelligence. Whether you are a therapist, whether you are a crisis management expert, whether you are a citizen of the world, understanding that feelings matter and making sure those feelings that are shared are accepted, heard, and actively listened to, I think is critically important. I've had a lot of my clients who have talked about those fears over the past almost two years now. And one of the things that I say first is, I hear you, what you say matters, your feelings are important. And one of the solutions for overcoming that fear is to first acknowledge that it exists. I do agree with Dr. Ravi that we need to follow the science, that we need to get vaccinated, that the statistics and the facts prove that when vaccinated, the chances of dying are 
much, much, much smaller than taking the risk of being unvaccinated. It's not just a decision for you. It's not just a decision for your family. It's a societal decision that impacts us all. So let's be safe out there. Let's do the right thing. Let's continue to read trustworthy sources of information and not misinformation that is out there in so many places. Be safe, protect your family, do the right thing. Thank you so much for joining us on Reputations in Crisis with Mike Paul, the Rep Doc. And remember, less head work, more heart work, peace. Also, follow us on our YouTube channel and also in audio form in our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a great week.